Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to teach you how to bicker with your spouse. So we thought we'd do something a little different with this episode. We're going to teach you some of our tips and tricks, our best um, marriage hacks <laughs> on how to bicker effectively. Um, so we're going to give you a few of those. And really, we'd love to, to get your, your tactics on bickering because there's so many different ways <laughs> to bicker. Um, Let us know what's effective for you by leaving a comment. Yeah, because it really depends on the kind of personalities we have. So, you know, the better you get to know your spouse, the better you can like get them with those <laughs> those words. So like, well, let's go through some of our, our, t- our ideas that we have for them and uh, we'll see how they turn out. Okay, so when you guys are both climbing into bed at night mm-hmm, and there was a lot night. of things that didn't get done that day, make sure that your spouse knows it's their fault for not picking up their pieces. And if you add that specific tone, you guys know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, uh, you can get that, that conversation going real quick. Yeah, it really elevates my, yeah. my temper when, when I hear that. <laughs> you know, I'm getting ready to be- go for bed, go to bed, and you just, you remind me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that, that really gets me going. Um, yeah, I have, real quick, the other way you could do that, actually, without even using words, is keep doing stuff while your spouse is getting into bed. Oh, just, yeah. Just stomp yeah. around the house, just kind of slam doors, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, another level to that is it makes sure that the spouse that's in bed knows that they shouldn't be in bed. Yeah, they should That they should be helping or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. So here's a great uh, tactic. This is for the men, the husbands. So when your wife asks you to do something and you're not really in the mood to do anything... You know what I'm talking about, like, like, hey, I just got done working all day, I'm not in the mood to do anything. Just say something like, what are you doing? <laughs> that usually lets them know that you don't want to do it, and that they should do it. Um, or, if you want to go, like, I do this sometimes, I, I like to go really minimalistic, and you just can go, <sighs> and that, that right there, that one little message... <laughs> It just says lets a lot. It, it says a lot. It says a and, lot. And you know, and it lets them know that you're not interested and that they just should take care of themselves. And usually the conversation just goes from there. <laughs> it's really it really works really well. So this is a really good one when uh, the wife is driving Ooh, and the husband tries yeah. tries at the last minute to say, turn right, just keep going. Pretend like you didn't even hear him. And then if he inquires, that's when you explain that you know a better way. Yeah, it, it usually gets me going. It makes me think like, okay, like, do you want me to navigate? You asked me to give you directions and you're not going to listen? Or that I don't trust you. I, well, you don't. All kinds of things gonna... arise really quickly. Yeah, all those emotions and uh, the kids are just watching. It's actually really productive sometimes. All right, here's a quick short one. Always let your lack of sleep and your hunger dictate how you're going to communicate. It works. Okay, here's one of my favorites. I actually use it a lot. It's a fun one. Don't let your spouse have the last word. Never. 
Okay, here's an advanced one. This is only for the the spouses that have been practicing. It's because uh, it takes a lot of mental power and a lot manipulation. of like, manipulation. Yeah. Um, keep a, a really de- detailed list of wrongs that your spouse has done. That way, you never lose an argument. You can you can pull from that list and boom, you're like, oh, remember that one time? Boom, and like you don't lose. It also doubles as a great motivation to get your spouse to do exactly what you want them to do. Just make sure, like, hey, since you never do that the right way, why don't you do it this way? So, you know, how, remember the last time you did that? Like, it just, it's really good. You never lose an argument, and you can also get them to do exactly what you want. Okay, the last one we have for you today is never give your spouse verbal affirmation. No way. They know you love them anyways. Yeah, they don't need it. Okay, okay, we're kidding. We're You're kidding. Guys. That was this actually is, really hard to do. It was. We felt dirty doing it. <laughs> uh, so the reason we are doing this is because these are actually things that we deal with. Yeah. Um, we, I actually don't feel adequate enough to be able to share on this topic because I feel like it's still something that we wrestle with. Yeah, but it it's something that the Lord is definitely convicting us on. Yeah. And it's something that we've come leaps and bounds. Like we used to bicker all yeah. the We've actually time. been called out on it several times by friends. Yeah. People That's close a funny to story. Us. So we're driving one time. I'm going to just bring the story sure, up. Sure. Um, we're driving one time, uh, me and Jennifer and a couple friends of ours. And we're in the car and... We're just talking. You're driving. I'm yeah, in the backseat. We thought we were just normal <laughs> communicating. That was normal for and us my, back then. my friend leans over and he's like, he's like, just shut up. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, do you realize how you're talking to your wife? And I'm like... What do you mean? I, I mean, had no he, clue. He laid it on you like that. I'm the gift from God and all this he stuff. He got me real good. I was like almost in tears because he was so right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize. We didn't realize it. We just, that's how we communicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that we were finally like walking in a way that we don't bicker like we used to. Yeah. We still get in cycles of it and Well, we get tempted to, to throw those blows out there. And, and we, then we have to reset. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's these things that we just talked about. These are t- tactics that we use. And they cause bickering. Mm-hmm. And it's They're, all driven by flesh. Like yeah. it's, our, it's our flesh being aggravated and irritable mm-hmm. and just frustrated because either you feel like your spouse isn't mm-hmm. doing what they're supposed to be doing or, or you're, you're not just having a bad day. You're not getting what you need in the yeah. relationship. There's other there's other variables that yeah. are just... So we, we aren't actually going to teach you how to bicker better. We don't advocate for bickering. Here's the thing. You're probably already good at it. Yeah. We're, we're experts at bickering. We're actually trying to practice getting good at not bickering, yeah. at speaking gracefully to, to each other and mm-hmm. patiently. Mm-hmm. And so this episode is not about teaching you to bicker. It's mm-hmm. actually teaching you how to, why we bicker and how to not bicker. Yeah. And uh, of course, we're going to use the Bible as we usually do. Uh, but we thought that'd be a funny way we were talking about it, like, hey, let's let's teach them how to bicker. Um, we know you all relate. <laughs> yeah. And you're all, you're all thinking like, oh my gosh, we, we just that. did that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh you know, and just for honesty, this week we we found ourselves in a cycle of bickering, mm-hmm. um, and we we have to recognize it quick. Mm-hmm. We're much quicker at recognizing it than we used to be, um, but you know, when there's enough stressors, when there's enough things going on, or um, things taking your time and energy, and you're mm-hmm. tired and you're hungry, and all these things, and then we just say, "I'm going to walk in the flesh, and yeah. I'm not going to walk in the spirit," and we say things and we 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 nitpick and we mm-hmm. we throw words out and what we have now are little alarms set around the house um they come in different shapes and sizes it's our children they um <laughs> pick it up really quickly but the moment we start bickering stop like, fighting dad don't talk to mom like that you have yeah. to love her or mom stop you know so yeah. they they pick on it pick up on it very quickly and yeah. they help us to not you we stop 
You know, that's a, a point we weren't even going to bring up, but I'm going to just give it a, mm-hmm. one good way to practice not bickering is in teaching your children not to bicker mm-hmm. when you do mm-hmm. in your marriage, mm-hmm. uh, repent, repent to them yeah. and teach, say, hey, mom and dad, we're not supposed to do that. Yeah, we're That wasn't right that we did that. Mm-hmm. And that way they learn mm-hmm. that you shouldn't. And it's not like a double standard where you right. do it, but they're not allowed to. Right. Um, and man, our kids, they, they catch it quick. Even right. if we don't feel like we're bickering and then they're like, stop fighting. We're like, oh. Wow, yeah. Oh, we are kind of like yeah. getting on each we're other. We're aggravated. Yeah, we're aggravated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they, they help us snap out of it. Not always, but mm-hmm. we're getting better at it. Yeah. Um, and so that was one little tip. That was a free little freebie. There you go. That's what I would say. That. Um, but let's start off. Why, why do we fight? Why do we bicker? Where does that come from? I want to read that to you. In James chapter 4, it says this. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. So this is coming right off the the, um, the tail end of when he's talking about how powerful the tongue is. Mm-hmm. That it's a mighty, it's a small fire that sets a mighty blaze. It's like a rudder that turns a mighty ship. It's it's something that is almost impossible to tame without the Holy Spirit. And so that's where our fighting comes from. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It's not just a, I'm just having a hard day, give me a break. It's a, I need to recognize, like, oh man, I'm irritable. Mm-hmm. Like I just mentioned this car this morning. Out of nowhere, I th- either I was hot and hungry and tired or all of the above, mm-hmm. and I was just irritated. And I was like, okay, I'm irritable. I and I, vo- I, I vol- vocalized it, so mm-hmm. you heard. Yeah. That way you didn't like feel a need to say something to me. You're or like, take oh, it okay. personal. Or to take it personal. want to fight back. And I just sat there for a second. We were like all quiet. I was like, all right. Like I, it, it didn't change how irritable it was, but it helped me yeah. wrap my mind around where I was at. Well, I think what's important too is to know that even in our, in our physical irritabilities, um, yeah. we have a tool that we could use for destruction, that our tongue is that powerful and that our mm. words, we got to know that they really yeah. matter yeah, and, and another, they have an impact in people's lives. Yeah, and another place in the Bible says that the tongue, it, it, the power of life and death lies in the tongue. Yeah. Like that, that's how powerful our tongue is, mm-hmm. that it could bring life to the home or mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. And Bicker, we want to practice bick, life. And bickering is the way that people yeah. get out those negative words, those things that yeah. are you know, uh, a reflection of their irritability or frustrations or whatever those negative feelings are that they, they're harboring. Hey, we just wanted to take a quick break from this week's episode to invite you and your spouse to take Jennifer and I's 31-Day Marriage Prayer Challenge. We wrote 31 prayers for my husband and 31 prayers for my wife to encourage couples in their prayer life for one another. So if you're interested in taking our challenge, as thousands of couples have already done, please go to marriageaftergod.com forward slash challenge at the end of this episode, and you'll get more information about the challenge. Thousands of couples have already gone through this prayer challenge, and we're so excited to be able to extend this to you and invite you to participate. We dare your marriage. So earlier I mentioned that, um, you know, it's when we bicker, it's because of our flesh and we kind of are giving into that temptation. And so I wanted to uh, read um, just a passage of scripture in Galatians 5. This is what we call an anchor verse in Galatians 5. You want to... I want to get to this chapter and not memorize it, but you should memorize it, actually. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but it's a good anchor so chapter. So it's Galatians 5, starting in verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So stop there. So we first of all, it says, you know, don't let your freedom. We have freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like Christ has totally set us free from the, the bondage of sin and death. 
right? Mm-hmm. And he and Paul's saying to the Galatians, he's like, don't let that freedom be a license to now like, well, like, hey, we're, we're believers, so it's not that big of a deal that mm-hmm. I'm just throwing whatever kind of words I want out. And like, to add on to that, yeah. it's, you know, uh, sometimes in the beginning of our marriage, I had that mentality that, well, we're already married and you're not going anywhere, so I can pretty much treat you however I want. Yeah. I shouldn't have and used, I'll get over it I shouldn't have used yeah. that marriage license, that freedom within uh, our relationship yeah. to do yeah, that. I see what you did there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we don't walk in our freedom that way. Yeah. Um, instead, we use our freedom to walk the way Christ wants us to walk, yeah. right? And so it says there, it says, be careful that we do not devour one another. That's all bickering does. Bickering is a devouring of one another. That's mm-hmm. one way you literally will chip away at someone's spirit and heart and character and your marriage. Yeah. Uh, a, a marriage that's bickering constantly is in the process of destroying itself. Yeah. Uh, we were destroying ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we, we were going through other things, and that was adding to you know the way we talk to each other just because we were so unsatisfied we were so just choosing over and over and over again to walk in the flesh and Mm -hmm. taking our freedom for granted um and so i just want to bring that up that if you look at your bickering as a devouring that you're doing Mm -hmm. it might help be like oh i don't want to do this i don't want to devour my my spouse right now that's good Okay, so I'm going to keep reading. Again, it's Galatians 5. Now we're going to pick up in 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against Mm. the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things Mm. will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become Mm. conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So this is a really powerful bit of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right in the middle, we get this warning of... People that do these things won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. People who do these things are none of the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so right before that, it said that we're free. So free men do the latter, not the former, right? Mm-hmm. Walking in the flesh means you're not free. And there's, out of that list, what is it, like four or five things that all are wrapped up in bickering. Strife, fits of anger, yeah. dissensions, divisions, envy, yep. all of that. All of those things, those are like parts of bickering mm-hmm. and fighting and quarrels and all of those things that's what those are and then at the very end it says let us not become conceited provoking one another oh, prov- oh that's another we one should, yeah provoking there. that that word stimulates in my mind which is essentially like, what bickering, a bickering is fight. <laughs> yeah like i just i have these little biting words mm-hmm. and like and it's just chipping away at you and you, then you blow up or i blow up mm-hmm. and like that's what we're doing we're devouring each other we're walking in the flesh mm-hmm. we're not walking in the spirit mm-hmm. and we've talked about this many times um, how one of the things that we pray almost every morning at the table is like, Lord, help us to walk in the Spirit today. Yeah. And you know what? There is, we live in an uh, unregenerate body, our flesh. It's not redeemed yet. It's not um, renewed as it's going to be. We're not, we don't have our new bodies yet like we're going to have in heaven. Mm-hmm. But you know what is regenerated? Our spirit. Mm-hmm. We have a, a completely alive spirit that allows us to walk in the Spirit if we choose it. Because there's an there's a action in this that's taking place. It's not a passive thing. It's not saying sit down and do nothing and you'll walk in the Spirit. Right. No, it says walk. Mm-hmm. Those who walk in the flesh, meaning you're actively in the flesh or you're actively in the Spirit. Yeah. 
And that's where we, we need to be practicing, as First John tells us, practicing our righteousness and saying, okay, yeah, I'm not perfect. We're going to make a mistake. But when we catch it, we repent quickly. We stand back up and say, I'm going to choose now to walk in the Spirit because the Spirit of God lives in me. And that's how we walk in the Spirit, by practicing walking in it. And the fruits of it, read them one more time. What are the fruits? What's the fruit? It's actually a single fruit when the fruit we walk of in the, the Spirit. spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah. All of those things are the fruit mm-hmm. of the Spirit. So when I'm when we catch it, you know, oh, I'm not being patient with you. Right. And that's why I'm talking the way I'm talking. I'm not being peaceable. I'm not being gentle. long-suffering or gentle. <laughs> Literally none of those things right. exist yeah. when you're bickering. Yeah. And it, it can be felt. It gets felt. It's corrosive. As well, we actually, when I go to bigger, not that I'm <laughs> intending to bigger, but I am tending to provoke you for some reason because maybe I'm frustrated or irritable or just caught up it's in my own emotions. It's good that you're being honest about this. I am this. being really honest with you because I just realized that word provoking stood out to me so much that I realized I want you to hurt like I'm hurting. I want you to be frustrated like or I'm frustrated. irritated like I'm irritated or annoyed yeah. like I'm annoyed or yeah. tired like I'm tired, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do it. I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I may not be thinking intentionally I'm going to try and provoke you, right. but I do And our words because I'm like, bothered. Our words are like stoking a fire. Like eventually mm-hmm. the oxygen's going to get in there. It's going to explode, right? Yep. It's going to build up. So that's, that's the the crux of the matter is like either we're choosing to walk in the flesh or we're choosing to walk in the spirit and so our encouragement is to first think that way and say okay what we're doing right now is it any of these things that the spirit produces and if it's not and it's gonna take practice yeah i mean we're we're still practicing like we have to catch ourselves Mm -hmm. and we have to to make efforts to, to to change quickly and to not let ourselves be um overly affected by it um when it does happen you're like okay this wasn't personal. We, we were walking in the flesh. Let's clean the slate. Let's, yeah, let's, uh, Start over. Let's wax on, wax off. Let's make this all new. Um, so that's what happens. We walk in the spirit or we walk in the flesh. And so we need to choose to walk in the spirit that, mm-hmm. that lives in us. That freedom that Christ gave us. Mm-hmm. It lives inside of us. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we're going to do is now let's, let's go into the Bible and let's see if we can pull out some scripture to help us not bicker. Yeah, some solutions. Like some, some ways of thinking, some ways of being. Um, that totally correlate with walking in the Spirit. And uh, if we go over one chapter, or two chapters actually, in James chapter 1, and it says this, in chapter, nine, in chapter 1, verse 19. Now, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So this is something that I have to often come back to because I, I used to have a pretty bad temper, mm-hmm. and I still have to, to like harness it mm-hmm. and and destroy it <laughs> it's a part of my flesh um but it doesn't get to win because i have that freedom and it tells us here that the anger of man or the in other translations the wrath of man in no way can ever produce the righteousness of god in a couple of ways my anger like if i'm talking mad to you isn't going to produce in you the righteousness of god right. it's not going to convince you or um it's just force gonna, you it's just, if anything it's going to stir up more frustration it might cause you to stumble yeah right mm-hmm. and the bible warns us against causing our brothers and sisters to stumble um the wrath of the wrath of man in me isn't going to produce righteousness in me mm-hmm. me being wrathful and angry all the time about things that are meaningless almost mm-hmm. isn't going to make me more righteous it's not going to produce righteousness in my children it's not going to produce righteousness in any a- avenue of our lives um but right above that it says it gives us a little tip you know it says hey What's going to help with our anger is being slow to speak because usually our wanting to quickly say what we want to say 
helps boil up that anger, especially when the other person isn't letting us speak. And if you're slow <laughs> to speak, you can actually have time to consider, you know, are these mm-hmm. words helpful or beneficial or loving in yep. any way? Because if you take the time to actually evaluate that and you're not quick yep. to just spew them out, you might actually have the self-control to stop yep. what you're about to say. So, which is a fruit of the spirit, self-control. <laughs> yeah. uh, slow to anger and slow to speak. Mm-hmm. So like being quick to listen. So if I just, if I just practice listening only, it probably stopped most of the bickering, um, 90% of the bickering probably, because yeah. a lot of the bickering is the back and forth. Yeah. So if there's no back and forth, if you say something and I just, mm. listen, there is no back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I do want to add um, a note there that sometimes in our bickering, I will listen to what you have to say, but the whole time I'm just thinking about what what's my response going to be. And so I'm, not, the same thing, I'm yeah. not actually listening to you, even though I'm giving you that space to speak. And so I just want to encourage those listening that, you know, are you practicing listening? Are you actually yeah. listening and hearing and understanding what your spouse mm-hmm. is having a hard time with? Or are you just waiting for them to be quiet so that you can jump in and say yep. what you're going to say? And so that would be my first tip to you guys is uh, be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to hear, mm. quick to listen. Uh, and not, like you said, don't just wait for your opportunity to speak, yeah. but actually listen. Yeah. Um, and that will, I think that'll cure most of the bickering is just stop talking. <laughs> At least for me, I know that would, that would, that would fix a lot of this issue situations. Really okay, so I have a verse that I wanted to share. It's mm. Proverbs 15, one. And it says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So when you are in the middle of that bickering fight and you mm-hmm. know that the next thing you're about to say is going to stimulate anger in your spouse, you need to have the self-control to just stop mm-hmm. and go back to this verse and remember that a soft answer turns away wrath. If your spouse is coming to you with something harsh, return it with a soft answer. Yeah. Well, and I know for me, I feel like that could help. Um, many of our little bickering starts with me being harsh with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something and I, w- I was annoyed and so I just you know said yeah. it right back at you and you're like and then you respond right well, back at me well I think sometimes as humans like I think we were created to reciprocate emotions and so it gets really easy where if you come at me I'm going to mm-hmm. come at you but we can't let that justify our responses like we yeah. need to still have self-control and so if we can remember Proverbs 15 one, I think it would help a lot in those moments yeah So the next tip comes from Proverbs as well. It's in chapter 17, verse 14. It says, The beginning of strife is like letting out water. So quit before the quarrel breaks out. Mm. So it's like this trickling of water. And and if you see it, you're like, oh, let's not let that burst. Because it's, have you ever tried putting water back into a balloon after it's come out of the balloon? It's not easy. (laughs) No, it just, now it's going everywhere. So recognizing it when it's starting to build. And I think that's something that we have gotten better at. We could easily get better at it. Yeah, and I would say don't rely on your spouse to be the one to initiate that stopping. Mm -hmm. You be the initiator. You put this verse in the scripture in your heart so that it's on your mind and it's, you know, constantly a part of how you operate Mm -hmm. as a husband or as a wife. I think both parties should know that they they need to be initiators of stopping. Yeah, and communicate about this together. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, we're going to be on the same page with this. And let's figure out ways that we can recognize those things that we do that are like ugh, getting at each other and just yeah. causing us to be frustrated and angry and like elevating our, our, our bickering to fights and, and even just to stop the bickering mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get on the same page, then you guys can start recognizing it together. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be an encouragement to have, to encourage you to evaluate, you know, what are the, the root causes of the bickering? If it's happening constantly mm-hmm. and all the time, there's got to be something underlying that yeah. is causing that frustration and that chat 
orgasm between you two in your intimacy. So it could be the way that you guys are communicating mm-hmm. with each other. It could be finances or um, other types of uh, circumstances mm-hmm. that maybe you're facing right now. Um, and, and that needs to be addressed yeah. before even the bickering. And so I just, I know that sometimes the outside forces can be that cause for bickering. So I just want to be an encouragement to you to evaluate that. You know, you bring up a good point, and I think it's a great way to end our talk about bickering. Mm-hmm. Is um, we talked about how it starts, like you know, we fight because we're not getting our way. But let's talk about the root um, of where this comes from, uh, and let's go to Luke chapter six. And in Luke chapter six, verses forty-three through forty-five, it tells us where this comes from. It says, "For this is from Jesus. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit." For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bushes. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about fruit. You know, walking in the flesh, you produce bad fruit. Walking in the spirit, you produce spiritual fruit, Mm -hmm. right? And so the question, though, is like that, you know, if this is something, we had to do this. The root of our our bickering and the way we talk to each other came to a deep part of our discontent with each other, our discontent with God. Internally, we literally were not like in love with each other. We were yeah. struggling with that. Yeah. Um, and so I would ask you to evaluate your heart and say, Lord, actually pray about it. Say, Lord, as David did, search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. You know, what is in my heart? Am I just bitter? Am I just tired? Am I just angry? Do I, do, do I think I deserve something that I'm not getting? Do I um, believe that my spouse isn't treating me the way I deserve to be treated? Or, you know, I, this isn't what it should be? Mm-hmm. Is there something that's causing um, that, that to be stored up in your heart? Therefore, making it all just spew out of your mouth. Because that's what happens. What we store up in our heart comes out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. If you store up good things, you know, joy, peace, patience, kindness, like you, you have a, a hope in the Lord and you're, and you're patient and you're like, you know what, the, the season we're in is hard, but I love God and he's taking care of me and he's good and that's going to come out of us. Mm-hmm. And so asking yourself and asking God to reveal and like, what, what's in my heart, Lord? And do this on both parts. Yeah. And I would just go even farther to say, don't just ask him to reveal it, but once he does reveal it, ask him to change you and believe that he can because sometimes I feel like we get stuck in a rut and we use justifications like, well, that's just the way I am. Or maybe I say something that, you know, has a sarcastic tone to it. And I say, well, Mm -hmm. I was just kidding when I said that. Well, like you said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it is in there. And I think that it's important that we not only evaluate it, ask God to reveal it to us, but then trust that he can change us and that he will if we hand that over to him. And you know, that that makes me, you said surgery, you said, um, you know, having God like um, work on it and change it. Uh, I think of when Paul's talking in Romans and and he says, you know, he's talking about the picture of circumcision in the Old Testament. And he says the spiritual circumcision is the real thing. Mm-hmm. And he says it's a circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. And what that is is letting God come in and, and carve out of us yeah. the dead stuff. Yeah. And to give us a new heart. And so, like you're right, not just asking to reveal it, but asking him to actually change it. Mm-hmm. And to, to cut out the dead stuff. Mm-hmm. And to fill it with his goodness and his life. Yeah. And if there are um, points in your marriage where you're mm-hmm. feeling there's lack, like for us it was intimacy. We weren't being oh, yeah. close. We felt like roommates more than anything. Um, Which is hard on many levels. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to ask God to fulfill that part of our marriage, to reconcile us, to bring us closer together. And we prayed for our mm-hmm. intimacy. And so if there's, you know, beyond the... Um, revealing to you and the transformation 
transforming of your heart or the pruning of your heart yeah. and carving out that bad stuff. Also ask them to restore or reconcile anything within your marriage mm. that needs to be reconciled. Good word, babe. Yeah. So we just pray that this encourages you. We don't want you to bicker. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, don't practice the things we talked about in the beginning, but <laughs> practice the things that we read in the Word. Yeah. And uh, ask the Lord to change that area of your life. Um, and learn to have, it's not, you may not be perfect at it, but learn to have good words for your spouse, mm -hmm. to be affirming and encouraging and loving and gentle and patient and kind and, and long suffering and all of the good things that come from the walking in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we thank you for joining us this week and we look forward to having you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.